Hello, everyone, and welcome to another RotarySwing.com podcast. And today we're going to talk about three distance killers that you may or may not heard of. Two of them, I bet, are going to be interesting for you for sure because they're unique and not a lot of people talk about them or understand them. So I'm going to talk about how you're doing things in your golf swing that are going to cost you a ton of distance and how we're going to correct those things to get you more power and more distance than you ever thought possible in your golf swing. If you're not carrying the ball at least 250 yards in the air, listen up because I'm going to show you exactly what we need to do to start getting more distance off the tee. So the first one that's really, really common is one that's extremely overlooked and it actually leads to people believing they have uh, limited flexibility in their swings and it's having poor posture at setup limits your rotational mobility when you if you're going to the top of your swing and you can't make a full shoulder turn which so many golfers out there can't or they can but they don't it's because you're setting yourself up in a way that you're making it literally virtually impossible for you to make a full turn or you're just not prioritizing turn. But what I want to talk about today is the poor posture because your each vertebrae only has about a degree to a degree and a half of mo rotational mobility. So what that means is if you're going to make a full shoulder turn you get a full 45 degrees of separation between your upper half and your lower half you need to get every single vertebrae working together correctly and if you're hunched forward at a dress like so many golfers are they round their upper spine and they let their shoulders and arms drop forward this is called protraction and so as you let your shoulder blades roll forward and your upper thoracic spine roll forward as well what you're doing is you're essentially locking the facet joints of your spine in place and you can't get that degree, degree and a half of rotational mobility from each vertebrae that you need. We need every single vertebrae to move freely in the backswing in order to make a full turn because a full turn is not only critical for power, of course, but it helps set the swing plane. So many golfers, if they don't make a full shoulder turn, they tend to swing right over the top right away because the arms don't get deep enough in the backswing. And if they do get deep enough, they're getting there the wrong way. You're just flinging your arms across your chest. So of course we want to keep our arms more in front of our body during the backswing and in order to do that we need to rotate our shoulders rotate our chest a full 90 degrees away from the target to help move our hands into what i call the depth dimension of the golf swing you don't swing your arms back into that depth dimension in the backswing you want them to get moved by your body rotation but if you have poor posture at your setup it's never going to happen. So I want you to experience this for yourself. It's going to be a really simple eye-opening drill for you while you're sitting there listening right now, whether you're listening in the car or listening in your office. All I'm going to do is take your shoulders and your upper back and your chin, tuck your chin down into your chest and just roll forward. I'm doing it here with you. Rolling forward and now put your arms across your chest while you're kind of in this rolled forward hunch position like you see so many golfers on the driving range. And now try and turn back and forth. And you'll notice it's pretty constricted here. I'm having a hard time making a very big turn at all. Maybe I can turn 25 degrees or so. Now, stand up out of that. And imagine I attached a string to the top of your head. And I pulled it straight up so you're standing nice and tall. Almost military posture, but relaxed. Shoulders are back, so now we're retracting those shoulder blades. So our chest is out and our arms across our chest. And now do the same drill, rotate back and forth and tell me what you feel. 
if you want to make a full shoulder turn, you must set up with your joints in neutral alignment. You, as soon as you roll your spine forward and let your shoulders retract, protract, all of a sudden you're limiting half your rotational mobility and it's going to be impossible for you to make a full shoulder turn, which is going to cost you a tremendous amount of power in your golf swing. So if you want more distance off the tee, you've got to make sure that you're set up correctly. Of course, we've got tons of great videos on setup. I'm going to reference one right here. If you click the link, you'll be able to access the video that's going to show you exactly how to set up correctly and make a full shoulder turn. So that's the first big distance killer that a lot of people don't think about. Now, one distance killer, number two, that a lot of people do think about but don't understand fully is casting the club. Now, most golfers understand they need to have lag in their swing, but they don't totally know why. Well, lag makes up about two-thirds of your overall club head speed. That's right, just from the release of your wrist angle in the swing, that's going to make up about 66% of your overall club head speed. So lag is critical. You can imagine giving up two-thirds of your swing speed. It's a terrible thing, and that's why so many amateurs can't swing over 100 miles an hour, and everybody kind of gets stuck at that 90, 92 mile an hour club head speed because they're casting the club and you simply can't make up for it. You can't rotate your chest fast enough. You can't throw your arm fast enough. You can't make up for leverage. Physics is always going to win. So you want to put Newton back in the driver's seat of your golf swing. And to do that, I want you to remember this mantra. It's kind of your job description. I call it the rotary swing thesis statement. And that is you have one job in the swing to do, and that is to create, maintain, and release lag. Now think about that. If two-thirds of the vast majority of your clubhead speeds coming from just this lag angle, you can understand how critical your job description is. So the primary thing that you have to focus on when you're working on your golf swing is this creating, maintaining, and releasing lag. The rest of the stuff is relatively less important. It's just kind of details and making it easier for you to create lag to maintain it and release it. So <clears throat> the first key in creating lag it starts with not setting your wrist too early in the backswing. And some instructors actually advocate this to tell you to set your wrist right away. I want you to think about this for a second. If you set your wrist right away during the backswing, what are you doing to the muscles in your forearms? Well, you're creating tension, of course, because that's what's moving the golf club. Now, tension, as you know, is a swing killer. No matter what swing philosophy you subscribe to, tension is never part of that theory. So. If you set your wrist really early in the swing, the tendency is to create a lot of tension in your forearms. And now what does your body want to do with tension? Well, it should be pretty obvious. It wants to release it, right? So all you're doing is when you're setting your wrist early and creating a lot of tension early in your swing is making it where it's going to be predominant that it wants to throw it away as soon as you can. Tension is a horrible thing for creating lag. So if you set your wrist fully, right away during the takeaway or during the backswing, where else do your wrists have to go? They don't have anywhere to go but out, but casting the club. So the last thing you want to do is ever to set your wrist fully. You'll notice most golfers on the PGA Tour, the vast majority, probably 98% of them, set their wrists gradually throughout the entire backswing. And the reason is we want to be able to have some place for them to go during the transition. What I mean by that is, if you go to the top of your swing and your wrists are fully set, they have nowhere to go but out. But if your, ring, if your wrists aren't fully set by the time you get to the top of the backswing, they can downcock. And this downcocking move is what not only helps you create more lag, 
at the right time in the swing, but it helps you maintain it late into the downswing. And that's really important because we don't need a ton of lag during the takeaway. It doesn't do us any good at all. The only time lag really matters is halfway down on the backswing. If we've still got that leverage angle to release in the downswing, then we're in good shape. It doesn't do you any good at the very top of your swing. It doesn't do you any good during the takeaway. It doesn't do you any good during halfway back. It only matters halfway down because all this angle, this lag angle is, is potential energy. And the only time we need that energy is during the later half of the downswing. So don't set your wrist early because it's creating tension and it doesn't give your wrist anywhere else to go to set that club. Another key that you want to focus on is keeping your wrist soft and supple at the top, especially. So again, we're doing the opposite of creating tension. We're wanting to keep the wrist relatively relaxed. They're responding to the weight of the club, making them want to set. It's a natural motion. You don't need to try and manipulate it. And if your wrists are soft and supple at the top and you shift your weight back to the left, what do you think is going to happen? Well, got a little secret for you. Weight shift is what helps you really create and maintain more lag at the right time in the swing. See, as the club is going back during the backswing to the top of the swing, it's starting to move toward the target. As you begin to shift your weight back to the left and begin to unwind your hips, what does that do to the club? Well, it starts pulling it down because obviously your arms and hands are attached. So as your pelvis moves to the target, moves to the left, and begins to unwind from that closed hip position at the top, that pulls your hands down. Now the club still has momentum traveling back toward the target, and now your hands are going away from the target because they're being pulled down by your hip turn and shift, and that movement that their club's going in one direction and the wrists are going in the other causes the wrist to set even more. That's how you create a natural downcock. You never ever try and manipulate it and create this lag angle coming down. It happens totally naturally as a byproduct of shifting your weight and unwinding your hips. So with rotary swing, that's one of our top priorities. In fact, that's the first thing we teach you at Rotary Swing University during our RST five-step process is walking you through how to shift your weight correctly because that creates and maintains lag. And lag is critical, it's two thirds of your speed. So now I'm gonna give you another little secret and I want you to practice this when you're at home and you got a golf club. I want you to go to the top of your swing, keep your wrists nice and soft and supple, don't fully set them at the top. And I want you to shift your weight to the left, but before you do that, I want you to take your right hand completely off the golf club. That's right, you don't need it there. You'll be shocked, but I want you to video yourself or, even, or do it in front of a mirror so you can see this. If you don't rely on your feel, feel and reel aren't the same. Video cameras and mirrors never lie. So with Rotary Swing University, you're always practicing with a mirror or video camera so you can see what's really happening in your swing. We never just rely on feel. That's completely the worst way to practice. That's how you chase your tail around all over the place. So go to the top of your swing, take your right hand off, shift your weight and begin to turn your hips and if your wrist is soft and supple, watch what happens. Your hand is gonna get pulled down to waist high at least, and you're gonna have more lag than you ever thought possible. All you gotta do is keep that wrist soft. Now, if you find that you're still not having the, the lag that you want, you should have more lag than Sergio Garcia coming halfway down without the right hand on there. Take your left thumb off the club as well because it's also in a position to push against the shaft in the same way that the right hand can. So when you're practicing, if you just focus on holding onto the golf club with the last three fingers of your left hand and shift your weight and turn your hips, watch what happens, watch the magic unfold because you're gonna have more lag than you ever thought possible. 
What you've just learned is that nine times out of 10, casting is caused by trying to accelerate the golf club too quickly from the top with your dominant hand. And for most of us, that's being right-handed, and that's what makes golf so challenging because what we wanna do is go to the top of our swing and use that hand that we have a lot of coordination with and throw the club from the top as hard as we can, and all that does is cause you to cast it. So instead, what you do during that transition phase is shift your weight and turn your hips while keeping your wrists soft and not having the club fully set yet allows the club to downcock it has somewhere to go, so it increases the lag angle. So that's our first step, creating lag, and then it helps us maintain it because we're not doing anything with our arms and hands at all at this point. We're keeping our arms and hands in reserve until we get halfway down. I call this, there's a video on the site called The Dump Truck and the Drag Racer. And that's how I think about the golf swing when I'm trying to help my students understand how to build a proper golf transition because the dump truck has got to do all the heavy lifting. You know, the dump truck's not gonna go very fast, but it has a tremendous amount of torque and power, but it just can't go very fast. It's designed for moving big things really slowly. The drag racer, however, can go really, really fast, but it doesn't have very much gas. In fact, the gas tank's only long enough for it to get down to the end of the quarter mile, and then it's, it's done. It's spent all its energy. Most golfers do it backwards. They fire the drag racer, which is your arms and hands first, and the dump truck, which is your hips and core, never do anything. They just kind of sit there and respond to what the arms and hands are doing it. And by the time you get to the ball, you're already out of gas. The finish line was way back there, halfway down. You threw all the lag away early. And so now you have nothing left to hit the golf ball with. You have no leverage left in your swing. So if you think the dump truck, or you can think of it as a tow truck, because the tow truck's got to move the, the drag racer to the track, so the drag racer can do what it's designed to do. That's how you should think about your swing. So the first thing we do, gotta do is we gotta get that drag racer to the track. We're gonna use a big, heavy towing diesel truck to get that drag racer to the track, and then we're gonna take the drag racer out of the trailer, fuel it up, and then it can fire. And that is how you sequence the swing, and that is how you meet your job description of creating, maintaining, and releasing lag. Now, the last one I wanna talk about that's gonna that kills distance for so many golfers is ball position. With the driver, it's a specialty club, especially these days. The golf club is designed to be hit with on a slightly ascending blow, so the balls, the club is starting to work up back to the ball, what we call a positive angle of attack. And then the ball needs to be hit slightly higher on the face to help reduce spin. This is how you maximize your distance with the driver. So creating a positive angle of attack gives us a higher launch angle, hitting the ball higher on the face also gives us a higher launch angle because there's more loft up there because of the club face roll and bulge there. I talk about that in the Bomb Your Driver series. But what you're doing is you're hitting the ball, launching the ball as high as you can with as low a spin as you can. Now, it's not hard to hit the ball high if you put a lot of spin on it because the ball is gonna climb up through the air and that's gonna cost you a ton of distance. What you wanna do is launch the ball very high with relatively very, very low spin and that is how you get the maximum distance off the tee. And again, this is stuff's all covered in the Bomb Your Driver series. Now, one of the most critical pieces is obviously to accomplish this, you have to move the ball up in your stance. Now, as you move the ball up in your stance, I want you to think about looking at your golf swing from up above. So imagine you're up on a ladder and you're looking straight down on your golf swing. And when the driver approaches the ball, it's approaching the ball on an arc, ideally on an inside arc, unless you're swinging way over the top, then it's you know, an outside in, but we're gonna assume that we fix that stuff and we're swinging from the inside. 
And once it strikes the ball, then it begins to immediately move back to the inside in front. Now, because you're moving the ball up in your stance of where it would normally be, that means that that club head is now beginning to travel back to the inside of the path in relationship to the target line where it was before. And what that means is you need to move the ball not only up in your stance, but slightly to the inside to avoid hitting it off the toe. Because hitting it off the toe is just going to create a lot of hook spin and cost you a ton of ball speed. Hitting the ball in the center of the face is one of the most important and most critical things that you can do in the golf swing. And if you have the ball in the wrong spot and you have the ball too far back in your stance, you're going to hit down on it. And you have the ball too far back in your stance, you're going to have a tendency to hit it too far on close to the heel. As you start moving the ball up to correct your angle of attack, it needs to come inside to avoid hitting it off the toe now. So you put these three things together. We've got more, better posture at setup. We've, we can now make a full shoulder turn, critical for creating a proper swing plane and path, and it's critical for setting the club at the top of the swing in the right position and loading up these muscles in our core and trunk. We've got to make a full shoulder turn, and I guarantee you everybody out there can make a full shoulder turn. It has nothing, absolutely nothing, to do with your flexibility. You're more than flexible enough to make a full shoulder turn. If you're not, I want you to take a look at some of my videos I talk about on how to make a full shoulder turn. Second thing, your job description. Create, maintain, and release lag. Nothing else matters outside of this. If your number one thing that you're focusing on when you work on your golf swing revolves around those three things, you're on the right track. If you're worrying about a bunch of other stuff because you know, you're, you're losing lag still, you're wasting your time because nothing is more important than the leverage that you have in your wrist angle. And finally, ball position. Having the ball in the right spot is not only going to help you hit the ball on a positive angle of attack, higher on the face, you got to tee it up high enough to, to get the ball higher on the face to reduce the spin rate, but also slightly to the inside of where you would normally place it so you can hit it in the center of the face. You put these three things in action and you're going to hit the ball further than you ever thought possible.